This weekend's selections from Sirach, St. Paul to the Corinthians, and our gospel that we just heard, it all flows around what it means for us to be faithful to the law and commands of God. What does it mean for us to be a conscious, active participant in our faith, let alone in our liturgy? That great kind of pushing and commission that we received from the Second Vatican Council was something that early on in the church, Christ was trying to get the people to understand that we have to be intentional, that we are called to put forth a great amount of effort in our lives, to not just be passive, but instead to be active as faithful Christians and followers of Christ. And that means, as we heard at the end of our gospel, to allow our yes to mean yes and to allow our no to truly mean no. That as Christians, as members of the faithful, step one is showing up. Many times we're like, hey, I showed up for Mass every week, Father. What do you want from me? Good. What'd you do about it? You came to Mass. That's like the preface to the intro to the beginning of what it means for us to be participants in our faith. Showing up is the expectation. But then what do we do about it? How do we live out our faith? How do we give back from what God has first given to us? Do we reflect on how we have been blessed by God? Think about the good moments of life. If you can't think about them, think a little harder because they're there. I promise you. Many times we spend so much time focusing on the negatives that we struggle to see the positives in our lives. One of the positives that I've received in my life is the calling and vocation to the priesthood. But I also know that I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the support of my family, if it weren't for the support of my local community, if it weren't for the support of the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, I wouldn't be here as a pastor, as a priest today. Because, well, I'm useless by myself. <laughs> as many of us are, as most of us are. We need people behind us to back us, to support us. But there's so much work that goes into it. You may know where I'm going with this if you looked in your pews on the way in. We've got these envelopes at the end of the pews for the annual Catholic appeal. And I'll just briefly touch on one of the main purposes of it, for me at least, as a pastor. There are a lot of purposes that it goes towards. But the Archdiocesan Catholic appeal every year that we do... We, each parish is given a goal. Our goal is the same this year as it was last year. When we join together with the community of Queen of All Saints, our goal between the two parishes, I believe, is $50,000. It's a pretty high and lofty goal, if you think about it. But at the same time, I'm going to say the same thing I've said the last two years because I think it's important for us to remember. We have 16 men on that wall right outside the sacristy that we are called to pray for as our seminarians. We've got two new guys that were accepted to seminary this very week. Per year, it takes roughly $50,000 to send them off to seminary. That's part of that's the books, part of that's the lodging, part of that's the actual academic and educational work. On average, our guys that go off to seminary spend at least eight years in seminary. 
which means for one guy to join seminary, go all the way through, and get eight years of seminary education, it costs $400,000 to go from applying to seminary to being ordained as a priest, and that's on the low end. Now there are more qualifications that are being added to the seminary process, a pastoral year or a spirituality year, because we want to make sure that the men that are formed to be priests know what they're getting themselves into because the priesthood, as the world has changed, so too has the priesthood. That our ability and our understanding, we have to be able to be all things to all people all at the same time, and that's pretty impossible. But that's one of the most common lines and phrases that we hear in seminary. How are you going to be all things to all people? It's like, I am nothing to anybody. I don't know. (laughs) But it means that we have to try and meet people where they are. For the people that are 60, 70, 80 years older than us, or 20, 30, 40 years younger than us, we are called to minister to everyone in our community, and not just to the Catholics, but to every soul in our parish boundary. We have, I think, one of the top five largest parish boundaries in the diocese here at St. Matthew's. Did you know that? Do you know where our parish boundaries are? From the Foss exit to Texas on I-40. Halfway between here and Mangum South. And halfway, basically on the other side of Leedy, headed north. It's about 4,000 square miles. We have one priest. In the city, you think, well, there's churches on every corner. There's plenty of priests. In fact, Father Brashears, who's the dean of our northwest region of, of the Archdiocese, did a statistic that actually, though we have more land mass, they have more people in the city per priest. If you average out the amount of people in the parish boundaries in the city, there's 68,000 people for every one priest. They have it a whole lot rougher in the city than we do out here. But we always think, why don't we have more parishes? Why don't we have more priests? We've got to pray for them, first of all. But also we've got to find ways to afford to have priests because you think we're expensive when we get ordained? Double that to get us ordained most times. I'm not trying to say that it's all about the priest. I'm not. But no priests, no sacraments. And so for me, I always focus when we talk about the Archdiocesan Catholic Appeal on the largest line item for the diocese every year, seminary education. That having vocation opportunities for our young men and for our young women as well to see where the Lord is calling them to in their lives. But also many of the things that we don't see on a daily basis that happen on at the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. Many of our catechists have been trained through the catechetical programs. Many of our couples have gone through the different marriage prep programs or marriage counseling programs or counseling programs in general that the Archdiocese offers. They don't have a way of income outside of the Catholic Appeal and the Cathedraticum. You may have heard that word for the first time today, the cathedraticum, which is known as the Catholic Church tax. The churches are taxed to the diocese, kind of like the diocese are taxed to Rome every year to make sure that they can continue to provide. 
back when our archdiocese became an archdiocese 50 years ago and split from being the archdiocese of Oklahoma City and Tulsa to being the archdiocese of Oklahoma City and the diocese of Tulsa, the bishops at that time were trying to find a new way to fund diocesan programs. And so instead of having a very high Catholic tax, the cathedraticum, they came about forming what was at that point known as the ADF. You've probably heard of that before. The Archdiocesan Development Fund, which has been molded into the ACA, the Archdiocesan Catholic Appeal. That is the left lung of how the Archdiocese gets money. The right lung is the cathedraticum. Currently, we have one of the lowest cathedraticums in the nation. Praise God. <laughs> because of our yearly budget, which is about half a million dollars, at this time, only 4% of that goes to the diocese. There are many dioceses across the nation that get taxed by the diocese the same way that we get taxed by the government. 20, 25, 33%. So we are hoping to never get there <laughs> because then it'll be even more difficult to have the parishes that we currently have open, open. Because there are so many parishes that even struggle to pay the 4 or 5% that we currently pay in that Catholic tax because they are living paycheck to paycheck or month to month budget-wise. And that's where the ACA can kind of come in to help give a bolster to the finances of the Archdiocese, to all of the many programs that they offer. And you may think, oh, but Father, we are out in Elk City. We are two hours from Oklahoma City. What do they do for us? It's a lot that they do. We just don't talk about it, unfortunately, because I fail. Sorry. <laughs> Our programs that we've had for our youth and our um, uh, confirmation classes the last two years, the diocese foot that bill for us. For the confirmation retreats, the last two years should have cost our parish twenty plus thousand dollars. It cost us donuts, coffee, and pizza, which most of it was donated. That's $20,000 of the diocesan funds that have come together to help out our parish. But on top of that, many of the programs that happen on the diocesan level, the Vision 2030 program, the ability to train not only new priests, but to have continuing education for us as priests because we have to continue to grow and learn as well. I was so excited when I finally graduated seminary. It's like, praise God, 11 years of college, I'm never going to have to open a book ever again in my life. And then I got ordained and realized I will never get to close a book for the rest of my life. I will never get to stop learning and growing for the rest of my life. And it's like, really? And he's like, you're the one that said yes. Bless your heart. Yeah, thanks God. <laughs> but how many times do we respond like that in our lives of faith as well? Where we're like, we don't understand what goes into everything that it is that we commit to. And so, when we say yes, we really don't understand what we're saying. But that doesn't mean that we aren't held to our yes. That as members of the faithful, God is calling us each to task. But many times, parishes tend to, as the world tends to, follow something known as the 90-10 principle. Have you heard of that before? The 90-10 principle, 90% of the people do 10% of the work, 10% of the people do 90% of the work. Now, we aren't quite there here. We have a lot of good, faithful volunteers, but also our volunteer force is getting 
older and older and older. In fact, I had one of our parishioners at the senior citizen meeting this last week say, Father, I'm getting old. This sucks. Because I want to do like I did when I was younger, but I don't have that energy anymore. How can we rely on our young people to pick up our slack? So that's a great question. So I'm posing that to you. As young people and old people and everybody in between people, how is the Lord speaking to your heart today? It may be to make a generous donation to the Archdiocesan Catholic Appeal. It may be to continue to volunteer in programs here at the Archdiocese, at the Archdiocese, at the parish or at the Archdiocese. It may be to volunteer in a new way. You know what happens next Wednesday already? Ash Wednesday. You know what that means? My office is empty for six weeks because we have the fish fry. So maybe God's calling you to come help Katie and our volunteers cut fish in the next couple weeks. Or maybe the parish is asking or needing you to help underwrite some of the fish fries that we have to benefit our youth. We are so blessed here at our parish of St. Matthew's and, and the mission parish of Queen of All Saints that many times I don't think we realize how good we have it out here. When I came out here, I was like, Western Oklahoma, it'll be a cold day in hell before I move to Western Oklahoma. Do you remember February 17th of 2021? The wind chill, no, 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 the regular temperature was negative 20 degrees. Cold day in hell. And it's been a blessing every day since. This Friday, this coming Friday, I'm so excited to celebrate my two-year anniversary here with the Archbishop at the shrine, dedicating that shrine to be a place for people to gather to grow. Because of the people that have come before us marked with the sign of faith, that have been missionaries, that have been disciples, that have been the, the models of faith that we are called to be for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. So how is God speaking to you today? We're not going to sit and fill out the forms during Mass, pick one up, We'll have a basket at the back of church. You can drop it in on the way out, or we'll have them again next week um, in case you forgot to pick them up this week. Pray about it. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your family and how you as a family can make this generous donation for the archdiocese, but even more importantly, for the future of the faith here in western Oklahoma. Because though we may not realize it, we end up receiving almost annually more than we give back to the archdiocese. So how can we help other parishes to be blessed just as much as we are here? I know many times the question is up, but, but what's it going to do for us, Father? What's going to allow us to continue to grow? There are projects that are on task to start looking through. As soon as the OCMD, the One Church Many Disciples campaign ends, we're looking at starting a campaign here. Oh, Father's talking about money. I can't believe he's talking about money for one thing when he's talking about another one. But this is something for us. How many people have used our kitchen since you've been here? Raise your hand. How many people think we need a new kitchen? Raise your hand. Same hands. Notice that. It's the same hands. 
That's our next project here at the parish. We're going to grow, extend, and modernize our kitchen. How many people grew up at this parish as youth? How many people wish we had a structure that we could have for our youth, for our young adults, for our classes, and for our kids to continue to grow? Not quite as many hands, but okay, we're getting there. Because the old people are like, we didn't get that when we were young. Yeah, they can make do with the basement too. (laughs) And that's what we have right now. We use all of our space. If you've come to a class or come on Wednesday nights, you may think we have one of the largest structures in the diocese, and we do have one of the largest facilities in the diocese. You would not believe how packed this place is on Wednesday. Katie, how many kids do we have currently enrolled in art in religious education? A little over 200 kids in religious education right now. Imagine what would happen when we continue to add masses because the church isn't big enough. How do we grow? One of my favorite movies growing up was The Field of Dreams. And I'm going to leave you with that line. If you build it, they will come. If we have a place for our kids to feel safe, the kids will come. We have a place for our parishioners to come to have meals, to continue to grow, they will come. But it's up to each and every one of us to make sure that will happen. So how is the Lord speaking to your heart today?